You're listening to the One Day Advice Podcast, where your hosts, Nick Riley and Paul Henderson, are going to take you for a ride inside the world of personal finance. Together, we're going to give you a fully transparent, behind-the-scenes look into the financial services industry, helping you to optimize your financial life along the way. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about... uh, People in their mid-career, so people, and we're going to define that as people in their 40s, uh, maybe early 50s, and this is part of our age-based uh, series. So we're, we're doing a series on early career, uh, mid-career, and people nearing retirement. Uh, so this episode today is just going to be focused on that mid-career uh, age. So to kick things off, I just wanted to you know, kind of address some of the main areas where questions come up uh, when speaking with clients uh, in this age group. And you know, one of the things that that we find is that there ends up being more complexity as as you know people are more mature in their careers at this stage. They've they've started to gather assets. Uh, you may be having kids in the picture. Uh, there's just more to life at this stage uh, than than you know at that early career. So I. Uh, Paul, did you want to speak on uh, some of the the complexities around uh, you know their investments at this stage? Yeah, definitely. I, I think you know with with these conversations, people tend to come to us basically because the the it's real dollars now. You know, it's when it's tens of thousands that feels like okay, I can manage this, and it's kind of it's a side project that's fun. Our our mid career clients tend to look at their account and say, wow, okay, this, this is, you know, significant and I, I don't want to screw it up. So, you know, that's, you know, f- people are looking at their, their target retirement date funds. Like, well, do I, do I need to be in that? Can't I start diversifying a little bit? Should I, you know, my, my friends are talking about these stocks and there's, there's just starting to realize that there's complexity, but there's also some opportunity. And that's, you know, the fun conversations for us are to talk about, okay, you know, you've done a great job getting to this point. Now, like because you've laid that foundation, you've got choices, and you know maybe you want to build out this side of your portfolio. Maybe you're talking about you know a a, a new home or, or something like that. There's just lots of you know kind of you know there's fun potential. There's also you know, kind of scary potential. Your kids, if you have kids, might be growing up and might well they're definitely growing up. They might be <laughs> going to college. They might be you know there's there's more things coming down the the pike that take some planning. Exactly, and and I think the kids is a is a big big focal point for this age group too. Is is you've evolved from you know kind of getting your career off the ground, uh, and maybe starting a family in your early career stage, and now in your mid career, you're you're likely in your your highest uh, highest income earning years, and you're also trying to you know, raise raise kids uh, and and make sure that you're setting them up for success. So we find a lot of uh, clients are, are really wanting to, you know, ideally they've already you know begun a 529 plan or, or some form of educational savings plan for their kids, uh, but their kids are starting to get to the point where those funds are actually going to be used. And you know, what does it look like to keep those funds invested, how to use them properly towards education costs, and set up your kids for success. And you know, it's it's important to note that that you know, no matter how much you try to educate your your kids or you know you, you rely on them getting education through the school system, you know they're not going to get a lot of attention to uh, 
you know, areas around personal finance. So they're naturally going to look at you as that example and being able to, uh, you know, provide them a good example of how to, how to spend, how to think about money, uh, can, can be a great, uh, great asset at this stage. And, and I know Paul and I were discussing too that this would be a great podcast to go into further details on in the future. Uh, just because I think you know, kids are so important to be able to pass on that 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 uh, education too, because they don't get personal finance education in in school, uh, which is very sad. So, uh, yeah, just talking talking through a lot of points with with clients at this stage around their kids uh, being that vocal point. Yeah, that's uh, it is it is sad, and I think there's there's a movement to bring some personal financial education to to schools but yeah it's it's sadly lacking at this point and you know that's a it's a good point we definitely there there's more education with with our early career clients i feel like that education is more for them and then when it comes to mid-career you know if if they've been working with us for a while or if they're new you know that's that education now shifts to the next generation and that's you know kind of we, we were a resource for the next generation and we're the, let's call it the kind of personal trainer for the, the client, you know, that mm-hmm. the, uh, we've moved from group fitness to, to really personalizing, you know, at this point their, their situation is every, everyone's situation is unique, but as you get older, it becomes a little bit more unique. You know, you have a house and, or you might you know have multiple houses or there's, there's lots of, you know, yeah. everyone's balance sheet will look a little bit different. So there's, there's, it's fun and exciting because there's chances for optimization, but it can also, it can feel kind of overwhelming if you're coming into it with, you know, a full-time job, a couple of kids, like all the stuff that's taking up your time. Yeah. And, and in all likelihood, people in their early career, you, you might have had the opportunity to, to buy, buy your first home, or maybe you're on your second home at this stage. And, you know, when you're in your forties at this mid career point with your highest earning, uh, earning years, uh, oftentimes we see a lot of clients moving into kind of where they see as their dream home at this stage. So you know, working towards how that looks financially. Uh, you know, if if the parents want to spend more time with their kids at this stage, navigating perhaps sabbaticals at, at this stage of their career too. Uh, you know, what it looks like financially to plan around certain amount of months without income coming in, uh, so that they can spend quality time. Uh, with their kids. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that, that brings me to kind of to the point that I like to talk about is, you know, that's the potential sabbatical, the potential change to your plan. And sometimes we, I think I, I have this personally, you know, I don't like the idea of a plan, frankly, it's kind of ironic because I'm a financial planner, but, you know, I, I look at, at my life and like, I don't want to have it mapped out for the next, you know, the rest of my life. I want to have some spontaneity and the the ability to you know embrace changes or embrace options that come up and you know we get this kind of pushback sometimes from people who are like well you know why do i need a plan i'm i've saved i've got a decent net worth like i'm i'm good i'm i'm fine and you know that's to me i i appreciate that conversation that conversation when people bring it up um, because i understand it and and it's kind of me also but you know, we, we talk about our plans being living and breathing documents. And, you know, it's, I would say it's much more the relationship really than, than any piece of paper that we're going to hand someone. It's the, it's the handing someone the context of, okay, you know, this, this is coming up, this opportunity is here. 
what are what are the trade-offs and you know should you pursue that sabbatical should you pursue the you know your dream job that's not going to pay you for a couple of years like what are what what's what will that cost you you know you know and what will it what could it possibly gain you and those are the conversations i think that you know don't fall neatly into the yes i have a financial plan box but it's so much of what we do it it definitely is and and I find that one of the the most valuable things in having a plan is actually going through the process of creating a plan, not the actual plan itself, uh, but but going through the process of planning, discovering your true north, and uh, you know, what 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 is the purpose for uh, for your family, for your life, uh, and how can you align your finances around that, and. You know, there's plenty of studies uh, that go into the fact that if you write down your goals and you know, you know, articulate those goals, even if you don't check in on them, you know, every single day, those are going to be ingrained in your mind. Uh, that's going to be your true north, and and going through the planning process is is very valuable, and that's where having a a, a very good uh, financial planner who knows to how to ask the right questions to bring some of that up uh, and, and, and match your finances to that is, is crucial. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I just, I know that sometimes it sounds corny and, you know, when people talk about listing out your goals and just kind of going through that process, you know, the, the slightly cynical side can be like, okay, come on, what's that really going to do? But I, I fully, fully believe that it's, it's important. And, you know, and in my opinion, I would say having this type of plan, having that list of goals kind of encourages spontaneity and encourages or provides freedom. Because if you know mm-hmm. that, hey, deep down, this really is what's important to me, it can kind of cut through the noise. And when it's time, when that option comes up, you know that that's important that, and you're ready for that. And so yeah. in a way that the the plan is, you know, it's not, okay, you must do this. It's not written in stone, but it gives you the ability to know that, you know, what you to know what's important to you and to, to act on that. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and when it comes to, uh, you know, just having that, that plan in place, you know, it, it's not meant to be a, a rigid plan. And it's, it's, I think there are advisors out there who are going to, uh, you know, put your likelihood of, of retirement success, but then base it on, you have to have this amount of contributions every year, uh, every month, and you have to rely on 10% returns to reach that goal. That's just going to add further stress in your life if you if if for some reason any one month or one year you don't meet those those requirements to 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 mean a, a successful retirement date. And that's where having a plan that that is elastic, I guess, in the sense that that it's flexible uh, to be able to account for changes in your lifestyle, changes in your life. Uh, knowing that that you can go through a low inflation and in, or a you know high inflationary period or a low interest rate period where returns might be you know lower than than usual, to know that you can go through years of those types of different periods and still be successful on you know reaching whatever goals you're you're trying to write down on on your plan that that's where a plan really you know adds a lot of value. Yeah. And I think we can, I know that Nick, you've got a couple kind of general guidelines and some, some stuff to talk about around diversification and some kind of interesting takeaways. We can edit this next part out in the future if we need to, but 
I just, you know, from my own personal experience, um, I'm just kind of reflecting on this as we're talking. You know, I remember right out of college when I was in that moment of what am I going to do with myself? What type of job do I want? I did kind of take the corny step of writing down, you know, five goals on the note card. Like, okay, this, this is something like, how do I get there? Well, this, if I've hit this by age 35, I'll feel like this accomplished something. And, you know, the, the one that I remember, you know, I was kind of slightly indecisive. There was, I want to learn French or Russian. And I was just, you know, coming out of college, you have these kind of grand ideas. So I don't know where the Russian thing came from, but, you know, French was definitely on there. And two years ago, when, when my wife Ramona had the opportunity to, to, take us to France basically for at least a year, possibly two, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, this is, this is something that coming out of college was super important to me. And, you know, had I not done that, it was, it was hard to say, okay, I'm going to step away from my career for a bit. This is going to be a a big change, but I was able to kind of have that touch point of, okay, this is, this is something that all along I've, I've wanted to do in that learning French. Uh, So it's just in my own, I think I'm a little, I'm passionate about this because it's, you know, I, I've lived it and it w- it made that that decision easier just kind of being able to say, you know, and I didn't write down that I want to get to hear my career by this age or I wanted to make this much money. It was really I wanted to have these experiences. And yeah. to me, that's that's what our, our planning is really focused on. Yeah. And uh, I was reading a book the other day that, that talked about just as you're as you're talking about that that subject, too. I mean, people are in general horrible forecasters of their future. And by that, I, I mean you know, as, as a kid, like I, I wanted to be an NBA superstar. I, I didn't, I didn't care about my, my genetics. Like I was just going to work towards that. And then, then, you know, once you mature a little bit more, you get to a different stage, then, then that might evolve into, you want to be an attorney or a doctor, uh, you know, of some sort. And then you realize like how much work that's going to be to get towards those, you know, careers, uh, how many years of education. So you, then you start reassessing like, oh, maybe it's more practical that I do that. So your life evolves. Like people are just in general, horrible forecasts of what they're going to be like in the, in even the next year, the next five years. And that's where having a flexible plan that's living and breathing can reflect those changes. And, uh, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Paul, like being able to uh, kind of adjust as you go along and and just explore. Yeah, life is all about an exploration of of finding finding purpose and finding things that you're passionate about. And you're never going to find that out unless you try a lot of different things. So, uh, and speaking of trying a lot of different things, I think that leads us into the the diversification aspect of this conversation too. And and I love talking. Uh, to mid-career professionals around diversification because their their early career is so you know so much of their time is invested in in getting their career up and uh, up and off the ground and getting that experience that they need to to truly add value to their employer to uh, their customers to their clients in whatever line of work they're in and when you're in your 40s uh, typically you're at your your high income earning years and you start to have more options uh, that are available. So, you know, with more complexity comes more opportunities uh, that that have to be vetted out and all impact your finances in a different way. Uh, but things like, you know, you you start to have conversations beyond just stocks and bonds. There's there's opportunities in alternative investments. Uh, you might you want to if you're passionate about uh, real estate, being able to invest in other. Your rental properties or vacation home, Airbnb, VRBO, 
uh, you know, places where you can take your family, but also have it as an investment vehicle as well. And, you know, there's so many opportunities, whether that be a lake house, a, a place up in the mountains uh, to use all year round for, for skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking, you, you name it. Uh, you know, things like that are, are, are things that we'd love to talk through with many of our mid-career uh, professionals that we work with. I, I totally agree, Nick. The only thing I'm going to nitpick on is apparently it's Verbo. I've been watching, you know, my YouTube ads are really? coming through. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've always called it VRBO and apparently I am, I'm getting old cause I'm out of touch and it's, it, it's Verbo. Oh man. But I'm just going to keep being old and say <laughs> VRBO. <laughs> but, but I, I agree. You know, that's, that's definitely a conversation that I think comes up often. Can kind of what, what are my next steps and what does, what does diversification look like and how can I engage in the activities that I enjoy and, you know, maybe make some money on the side. Yeah, definitely. And, and if you're passionate too, so I find uh, a lot of mid-career people, you know, they've, they've settled into their career. Uh, they've, they've taken some risks early on to get to where they're at today. Uh, and, and perhaps they're, they, they've built a skill set that is valuable, uh, consulting, uh, you know, being valuable towards another business. So being able to make a career change and take that skill set and do something more entrepreneurial or uh, you know as a you know, kind of give back to the community through consulting or just giving your time uh, to a charity or nonprofit so you know joining a board those are all things that that you can do to further enhance your career further you know, work towards that purpose that you have in your life uh, and you know those are great conversations to run by a a financial planner and discuss how that impacts your finances. If that means you know getting more cash to to make sure that you have enough funds to support you know going six months with you know no income. You know, what does that look like? Where should we you be pulling money from? Where should you be putting more money towards? Uh, and and how to navigate that. So, I uh, yeah we love love the idea of diversification. Uh, and you know that's something that we can definitely address with with clients at this stage of, of their life, right? And it's it's we love diversification in all of its different forms. You know whether that's your well, it definitely should include your investment portfolio, but yeah, also the the rest of your life. Now, as I'm I'm hearing you saying all this, Nick, it it's bringing up like yeah, I love the idea of joining a board and really kind of engaging in my passions. But then what I'm hearing is well, that's a lot of time. You know, and I think mm-hmm. this is you know, kind of our a conversation we have with people is it, it's time to delegate. You know, you can, yeah. it's, you can do all these things, but it, maybe it's time to start saying, should I, is this, is this where I derive, you know, joy and is this a good use of my time? Is it where I can specialize? And, you know, it's, we can definitely talk about the financial planning side of it, but, you know, maybe you've not, maybe you filed your own taxes in the past, or maybe you've gone to H&R Block and it's time for, you know, something a little bit more like there's, I think with this cohort there, there's more and more, it's more and more important to think about how you're using your time and what you're specializing in. Exactly. And, and I think you're know, getting to a point where you can recognize the fact that your time is valuable, that, that, you know, just re- really assess where you want to be allocating your time. And that's kind of the whole premise of one day advice is, you know, we're all, we all have 24 hours in one day. And 
I, you know, I would imagine most of us would want to spend that one day if we had it you know, with with our friends, family, people that we care uh, care about, doing the things that we love to do, whether that be uh, you know out on a hike or in the outdoors, traveling. Uh, all those things can be made possible if you delegate away the things that 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 are a time suck that that you aren't passionate about, and many people aren't passionate about their own personal finances. And that's where there's a lot of value in bringing in a financial planner to be kind of that CFO of your own household. So you can still operate as the CEO looking at the high level strategic nature of where you want to be spending your time, knowing very well that you have a CFO in your corner for your household, uh, letting you know, uh, you know, how you can make your vision a reality. And that is so important uh, uh, at this stage of your career. So I think that's, uh, did you have anything else to add to that? I was just going to say that, you know, I like the CEO CFO approach because sometimes, you know, I I know people have the feeling of, well, I don't want to give up control. Like I still want to have final say. And, you know, I think too often people in the, in the finance world start to, you know, kind of be ambiguous in their answers or not real, like kind of make it sound harder than it is so that they can be the expert and they can be the one who kind of decides. And I, I think that it's super important in the way that we, we go about this is really to make sure that our clients are like, have all the information that they need to make the wise decision. So I love the CEO CFO comparison just from a, you never give up control. You're always the one making the, the final to say, but you know that you have all of the information that you need to make that, that wise choice. And it, yeah, there's, there's delegation. And then there's just kind of throwing your hands up and saying, you know, do this all for me. And I really, I think delegation is the the key word there. Yeah, exactly. And and I think we spent a majority of our time in this, in this episode talking through, uh, you know, scenarios where, where people have already, you know, gotten ahead uh, financially. And I don't think we touched much on the, the fact that there are people at this in, in their 40s that that may be playing catch up because they played a lot in their early early years as well. And we've worked with plenty of people uh, that are in that boat as well. And and uh, it's it's not too late to start uh, for, for if, if you're listening and you feel like you're a little bit behind on saving for retirement and saving towards these these certain financial goals. It's not too late. Uh, you know, that's that's where you need to start delegating your time and resources uh, with a financial planner to get you back on track uh, so that you can feel more comfortable getting to where you uh, want to be, you know, once you reach, you know, 50, 60 and, and, and are closer to retirement. Uh, but I think that's that's a wrap for for. I was uh, say, that's episode. a whole other podcast. I think yeah, we can, whole, I think we can have that discussion of like what to do. Brush if you, on, yeah, <laughs> if you feel we brush on so many different topics uh, that that we want to add for future episodes. But yeah, we want to thank you for listening, and and uh, as always, we're open for feedback on on future topics. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll catch you soon. Hi, I'm Nick Riley, the founder of One Day Advice. If you like what you've heard, we'd greatly appreciate your help in spreading the word. After all, we are financial educators, not marketers. Thanks for listening and remember to leave us a review. Nick Riley is the founder of One Day Advice, an independent registered investment advisor. Paul Henderson is the director of financial planning at One Day Advice. Both Nick and Paul service wealth advisors to their clients. 
All opinions expressed by Nick, Paul, and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of One Day Advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment or financial decisions.